everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Bannering the Blue Shirts. Uh, sorry for missing the show last week. I was sick um, and also just sort of not in the mood to uh, record while being sick. Um, as always, I'm your host, Tom Rich Jr., and I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Murphy. Mike, how you doing today, buddy? How you doing, bud? Good. Better. Well. Glad to be talking to you. Yeah, I'm hanging in there. Um, I think I've watched maybe five movies in the past 48 hours, so... Anything good? I saw Knives Out. Did you see Knives Out? One of my favorite movies of the year, and I'm going to rewatch it at some point this week because I haven't seen it a second time. It's just masterful performance. I went into it dark, so when Daniel Craig had the deep, you know, rich southern foghorn-like-horn yes. accent. Like, my brain wasn't ready. Like, I was just like, what is happening? Um, but I really liked it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I I had... Um the I, I had the the voice in my head because I was watching the trailers and stuff. And okay, yeah. so what was interesting about that is I thought it was going to be somewhat of a distraction because obviously um you He's know Dan <laughs> Exactly. And that's the voice that we all have in our head. But it grew on me as as the movie went along and even furthermore, as I was watching the movie um, I thought I had it figured out so that when once at the end where, you know, everything is put together, I'm like, wow, like I thought I had this all put together, but nope, threw it for a loop. But yeah, uh, definitely Knives Out. Um, if you've not seen it, um, definitely check it out. It's a, it's a really good movie. Um, in not really good things, um, there's not really any good way to transition. Um by now, if you're listening to this podcast, um, you're more than likely aware of what happened with Keandre Miller and the Rangers um, Zoom conference. Uh, if you're not familiar with what happened, we're going to talk about it for a little bit. Um, Keandre Miller signs his entry-level deal, and he's officially a Ranger. And normally the team when they sign top prospects they'll try to do something um i think we've seen in the past we've seen interviews on msg during the intermission of a game we've seen features on the rangers website um but obviously with everything going on they decided we're going to do a a zoom conference and zoom for those who are not familiar it's pretty much this you know teleconferencing uh, software, you know, you can have a bunch of different people. Um, people are using it for remote work. They're using it for schools and all that that nonsense. Um, and what happened was, is from the get go, there was someone or multiple people. Um, it's a, it's hard to to say for sure because you're really hiding behind a username. Just putting in multiple racial slurs directed at Keandre Miller and he was aware of this while it was going on um and all of this is happening and people are sharing stuff on Twitter and it took forever for the Rangers to recognize what was going on um they eventually do put out a statement and the kind of statement that went out was something that you probably could have put up five minutes after the fact, um, an hour after the fact, what's whatever. And the NHL re- releases a statement. And then we learned 
over the weekend, although I've not seen any additional confirmation that apparently the FBI is investigating the situation. Um, but overall, a very disheartening, very disgraceful, disrespectful, vile act by whoever committed it. And it's something that I hate to say it, but it's almost like you 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 had to you had to expect at some point that someone was going to try and do something stupid to make a name for themselves because like as adam wrote in a story that went on banter today unfortunately there are so many examples of this sort of activity happening um for you know people of color um i know you have thoughts on this mike um uh, so i'm you know going to give you the floor here you know i've thought a lot about all this since it first happened um you know as adam was working on his piece i was reading it over um you know i read it over before it went up and you know it was something i was trying really hard to kind of wrap my head around and i think my big takeaway from all this tom is that we have to stop pretending that hockey is for everyone um and the other thing i think we need to you know is you and I is, you know, part of hockey media and, you know, also hockey fans and, you know, a part of this larger uh, community. We need to be proactive about things that are a threat to hockey and to the people in hockey. And that means going after stuff like this um, and making it, making it abundantly clear that it's not acceptable making it abundantly clear that things like homophobia and transphobia are not acceptable in this space. And I know a lot of people kind of uh, flinch at that because they think it, you know, it's uh, it's something to do with politics instead of, um, you know, morals and human decency. But, and, you know, we've, you know, with Joe and I and both you and I with the show, we've tried to make a point not to be too political here. But there, there are some things that go well beyond politics. Like, hate speech like this, this isn't political. This is, there is a huge, and I know the whole, you know, fallacy, the whole thing. Yeah, you know, everything's political because politics is, you know, everything can be politics. Like, the size of the paper that goes in your printer can be political. But in the big picture here, we need to talk honestly about why this is happening, uh, why some idiot felt comfortable doing something like this, why things like, you know, a fucking banana being thrown at Wayne Simmons at a game has happened, you know, why these things happen in hockey and we don't talk about it as much as we should. Why a former Ranger, John Van Beesbrook, has a position of authority and influence at USA Hockey, despite the fact that he used racial slurs uh, towards a teenage Trevor Daly. Like, why why don't we do more? Why don't we say more as a community to make it clear that this is not the sort of language and the sort of values that we want to have a part of this community? And well, it sucks so much that this happened to Keandre. It sucks that it happens every day to, in this country, in Canada, all over the world, everywhere that hockey touches, there's racism. And that is a horrible, shitty thing that I know is a reality of life. But we can work towards making it not a reality by being more proactive 
uh, and speaking out and up about this shit and making it clear like, hey, if this is the language that, you know, you have in your head and your heart and this is what you want to share, if you're some, like, even in the case that this was, you know, like you said, I think it was John Shannon that reported the FBI was getting involved. Yeah. Um, you know, even in, in the event that this was, let's say, some 14-year-old idiot who was bored, quarantined, thought he wanted to be a big tough guy, uh, you know, and fuck around and do this. Like, I think it says a lot that that came into his head um, and that he took that opportunity. Or I should say they, but you know what I mean. It's yeah, it's so disappointing in every way. Yeah, it's disappointing. And to sort of answer what you're saying, I think it, the reason why this type of behavior happens is because people are uncomfortable um, with confrontation and confronting um, things of this nature. And it's it's something that you hear a lot. It's political. It's political. It's political. But let's let's be very clear here. There obviously is politics, you know, doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on in, in, in this particular um, situation. Obviously, the U.S., it's two-party system where other parts in the world, it's more better representation. Um, but we're not talking about, okay, someone decided to vote on how we're going to parcel out land for a park or something like that. When someone is engaged in activity that is belittling another human being because of their their gender, their race, their sexual orientation, any of those things, um, their religious background, their lack of religious background, it's wrong. And it, it's, it's, it's something that's a non-negotiable. You can't just say, oh, we're not talking about this because we want to keep politics out of it. But no, it, it goes beyond that. And I, I think people are unable or they just you know they have this willful ignorance where they don't want to make the distinction um i'm not naive enough to to say that there's a lot of players in the league or a lot of players in sports or just people in the world pick your if you love art or you love movies or whatever it is there's probably a lot of people who have um questionable beliefs or things that they don't express out loud and you you still you know enjoy who they are um but we're not talking about stuff like that we're we're talking about when you see examples of of people doing the wrong thing being vocal about it, it it's on us to call it out and i'm i'm sure i'm not alone in this experience but like growing up mike in your friend group like i i can imagine you know, there are people like it, it, using sort of um, derogatory words now to describe something as stupid where like, oh, you don't want to do that. That's gay or, oh, you don't want to do that. That's retarded. And you come to learn like, no, you really shouldn't be using those words because they're offensive. Um, and it's just more of a holistic view of, of how you interact with other people and in showing a level of respect and clearly there are people in this world who who feel that they're above others for whatever reason and you're right hockey is not for everyone and if hockey was truly for everyone we wouldn't have all of these these instances and i think it's something that collectively we all can work um towards making it better by, by being accountable for our actions, being accountable for how our, our friends interact, how our, our coworkers interact. And 
um, you know, policing it. Because obviously, like I said at the beginning, people don't like confrontation and you need to sometimes have that tough conversation with someone say, hey, do you really realize what you're saying? Hey, do you realize what you're doing? Like even in the, the veil of, oh, I'm just joking around, but joking around is sort of a step towards normalizing behavior. Um, and it, it's, it's something that just can't happen. Yeah. And you know, it's, I think there's a lot to be said here and the thing, you know, there's a lot of things that come to mind, like, Oh, things like, you know, uh, a pride night, um, by the St. Louis blues, they chose to do it at an, in an empty arena during a road game. Um, Things like, you know, the NHL having, you know, repeatedly associating itself with Kid Rock, who has fucking Confederate flags at his concerts. And, you know, like, we can't... I feel like we can't afford to pretend these things aren't problems. Because so long as there's this kind of... I think it's a really important phrase that you use, that, like... very rarely do I take notes when we podcast, but I'm doing so uh, this time around. The phrase willful willful ignorance. Like, you don't want to think about it. You don't want to care. Uh, you just want your hockey because hockey is your, your escape. Hockey is your passion. Hockey is the thing. After you're done with work, you're stressed out, whatever, you flip on MSG and you watch the Rangers. And sometimes at work, you know, when you should be working, you look at Rangers Twitter to see what's going on. But... When things like this happen, it's just so fucking disappointing. And, you know, it, I do want to take a moment to really, you know, say that I was greatly pleased and really proud of Jacob Truba in particular, his response. Um, I thought that was an excellent thing for him to do. And... That's the sort of thing like, you know, the organization dropping the ball. And I know some people have said, well, they probably had to run it through some PR firms and this and that and the other, you know, instead of just trying to block it and shut it down and then just not saying anything about it. But, you know, like you can say really quickly, like an incident occurred today during the meeting uh, where racial slurs, you know, were used uh, by someone who had interfered with our public conference with Andre Miller, this is of course deplorable, and etc. etc. It would take, I don't know, Tom, 20, 25 minutes tops, just making sure you crossed all your T's, dotted your I's, and then revisiting it later in a release. And, you know, with Adam's story, I know Banter reached out and SB Nation reached out to the Rangers for comment, and uh, we were referred to the uh, press release. So, and again, this isn't Like, it's not trying to necessarily vilify the Rangers. This is really a question, the greater question of hockey and the NHL itself, right? Like, that's what this is more about to me, is why do these instances keep happening? And I'm, you know, some people who, you know, might lean towards willful ignorance might just say, well, racism isn't going to not exist in hockey. Racism is a part of everyday life, you know, and that's unfortunate. But, you know, why do we get, you know all stressed out about it and here's the thing tom some things are worth getting stressed out about (laughs) this being one of them yeah like when a 20 year old kid who's you know has had he'd had like an amazing amazing inspiring path to 
the NHL draft to collegiate hockey to being a Rangers draft pick to being signed by the Rangers. Like, this is one of his first experiences, like you said, after being a pro, after signing his contract. This is one of the first things he fucking encounters. We got to be better than this. And I hope and pray that fans at the Garden are just embrace Keandre Miller for the person he is and we celebrate who he is as a person. And we look at people who would try and, you know, make him feel unwelcome because of, you know, the pigment of his skin. And we make it clear to them that they are not welcome in this space. And you can do that by speaking out when you see it, just like you can speak out when you hear, you know, homophobic bullshit at the garden. Um, You can do it when you hear misogynistic bullshit, you know, both, you know, in sports bars everywhere. Like, I know some people are like, ah, you can't fucking say anything anymore. Well, here's the thing. You can say the things that are within reason. You can't say things that directly harm people, make them feel unsafe. Like, hate speech is deeply problematic. It, it's more than just, it's, you know, their words that can be triggering. Like, those words have razor blades all over them. You don't understand the impact of those words. Yeah, I mean, I find myself a lot of times just saying to myself, you know, like, it's 2020. How is this still a thing? And um, How the fuck is it still a thing? Yeah, because, like, for me, I look at it from a perspective of, you know, growing up, you know, I'm outside of hockey. I'm a really big baseball fan and, you know, reading a lot of books. And, you know, one of the books, you know, I read um, was like a children's book. It was about Jackie Robinson and everything that he overcame um, going and trying to become a professional baseball player and how he makes his, you know, debut in, in the big leagues. And, you know, there were still people that were very disrespectful to him players uh fans and all that nature and it got to the point where there was just one instance where he's just getting berated and um peewee reese of the brooklyn dodgers just sort of goes out there puts his arm around him in a sort of like a sign of like hey he's one of us if you got a problem with him you got a problem with me too and i I just didn't think that all of these years later like you'd still have people just being so stupid and you know in part of it's you know being naive because people can be um just really terrible in general um you know anyone that's been on twitter long enough you go down certain rabbit holes and you see certain trending uh hashtags and of stupidity and how people talk um but yeah like like mike has said and you know sort of how him and joe before we really don't try to talk about you know politics but this is not politics this is a human being who was very, very badly um, berated. And it was someone, it was, you know, nameless, it's faceless, but it's something that cannot be tolerated. And I would hope that we as a society going forward um, can can move past this sort of thing and show him the respect that he deserves. Um, do you have anything else that you want to say about it, Mike? Um, I really feel like, you know, I've just been rambling about it and kind of repeating points and going over them. But I think one of the reasons that happens is because, uh, like, you know, even for you and I, you know, two, two white dudes and, you know, I know there are people who are part of, you know, the black community who, you know, are kind of, they want to make sure that we, you know, 
the focus is in the right place and that people react to this in an appropriate way and emotions are so hard with things like this like the choosing words for stuff like this is really hard and you just try and explain how you feel about something like this and like the words that i kept circling around in my head were just like just so sad so disappointed and my greatest hope is that something as awful as this is used as a launching pad for us to start taking this shit more seriously in hockey and sports because we still got a long fucking way to go to start treating people like people and that's a hundred times more important than what jersey you root for yeah a hundred percent um and you know before we move on we're gonna we're talking about but like yeah exactly as mike said and you know i didn't i didn't say this anywhere before but you know i completely understand you know as i'm saying all of these things i'm saying it from a position of you know um you know obviously i'm a white male um and it's it's something that you need to realize where and when you can sort of interject yourself into certain topics in, in conversations. Um, but it's, it's just important as always, just show empathy when you can, um, be supportive when you can, as always treat people with respect and just hold yourself accountable and hold others accountable and, and never tell people how they should or shouldn't feel. Um, but yeah, like like you said, we wanted to sort of talk about this. We felt it was something that was very important. It's a very complex and nuanced situation. Um, I think a lot of Adam's article um, did a good job of covering the broad spectrum, but I would imagine that as this uh, pause continues, there's really not a lot to talk about that this can sort of be um, investigated more. Um, so yeah, I know it was kind of heavy way to start the show but um we we felt it was something that we really wanted to talk about and and as always we're welcome to your thoughts your opinions um and in all things of that nature before we move on i think this is a good spot uh for an ad break so we will be right back just like that we are back again um i think for the rest of the show um what i wanted to do because there really is not much going on um just sort of like uh give mike a chance to sort of talk about some of the things that he's been working on um what he's looking to work on and then i'll talk a little bit about a a project that i'm starting which will go live on wednesday so um when you're listening to this podcast yeah, I knew. I'm kind of at a point where I'm pausing now. I don't know if I want to continue the series I've been working on, Tom, with the, uh, you know, the five greatest blank rangers from you know each, each nation. You know, I could do, you know, USA. I could do Canada, um, Finland. 
you know, like I know there's been multiple, multiple jokes made by everyone about, you know, do Norway, um, which I got to tell you, folks, is as funny the 50th time that I've read it um, as it is the first. But <laughs> um, I'll have you know, I've I've been tempted to write like in the five greatest NHL uh, Norwegians just so I can drop knowledge about Espen Knutsen on on people, but um, who, for whatever reason, I was a fan of when he was playing with the Blue Jackets. I think it's just because his name was Espen Knutsen. But um, yeah, you know, I did I did the Czech Republic, I did Sweden, um, and I did Russia recently. And you know, trying to think of you know, because I want to try and make content for for folks while this is going on and. You know, at Banter, we had, like, an internal discussion about not wanting to do those kind of, you know, things like the report cards, things like those, you know, uh, looking back on it. Like, and, you know, we could dig into the, you know, the the wild world of speculation and, you know, Tom and I could do a podcast where, you know, we talk about the pros and cons of having each NHL captain in a potato sack race and that determines who wins the cup, but, you know, trying to think of content that isn't essentially just, like, shit posting. Um, exactly, yeah. Like, there's yeah. going to be a time for that, but I don't want that time to be April. Yeah, exactly. It just... And here's the thing. The reason that I think a lot of sites like Banter, you know, other sites across SB Nation, other hockey blogs outside of SB Nation, of course, sports blogs in general, are... You know, everyone's kind of doing their own thing or going quiet because it's it's kind of unprecedented um, in the Internet age for something like this to happen. Uh, there's only so much we can do. And, you know, for instance, when I wrote a, a 1,400 word in-depth analysis of uh, Austin Ruishkoff, uh, you know, the Rangers college free agent signing, you know, it seemed like nobody read it. And I was like, all right, well, was that worth, you know, 14 hours of my life to work on this? Probably not. Uh, maybe I'll go back to writing, you know, something a little lighter. And the thing is, I think no one's really sure what their appetite is for sports content right now, other than everyone kind of drumming their fingers, waiting for us to have hockey again. And, you know, as this continues, Tom, I know recently, I think it was today, it was players on, what was it Colorado and Ottawa, where players have tested positive for covid I'm trying to think. Yeah, it was definitely someone from Colorado that yeah. um, I think it was a third player who um, they're self isolating. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it is unprecedented, and like I myself have been struggling, and like during the off season, it's one thing where you kind of struggling what you want to write about, but like this has been tough, and I was in a real struggle and. For me, not being able to write is one of the more frustrating things. Um, so I was finally able to put something together, and I, it was like this weight of relief off my shoulders. It's like because obviously the whole world is at a pause right now, but I just had this nagging feeling of oh, you're not being productive or you're not getting something done, and it was just sort of like eating at me. Um, it's really easy to feel that way. I think for a lot of people, especially people who are on furlough and unfortunately the, you know, thousands upon thousands of Americans who just don't have a job. People all over the world who, you know, who have lost their job. You know, I have people in my life where that's happened and 
I'll tell you, Tom, when I said we started the podcast that I've watched like five movies in the past 48 hours, there's a point after like movie number five where you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> and, and you need to get productive or try to do something. So I get that feeling. Yeah. So um, do you have any other, anything like, so I understand why you want to maybe pause the series a little bit, but is there anything else that you're thinking about working on? Um, just giving you a chance to say more things before I like drone on about what I'm working on. No, no, no. Talk about, I, I have one idea I actually wanted to bounce off of you as I guess we can give folks like a, a behind the scenes look into, you know, how we help each other develop ideas. Um, mostly just through, you know, me harassing specifically Tom and Shayna um, on Slack and Twitter. But uh, no, I want to hear what you're working on, even though I already know what it is. But this is me being a good co-host and putting the ball in the tee for you. <laughs> yeah, so I was racking my brain um, trying to think of something that I haven't seen done before or something that was a little outside of the box. And I had an idea and I was... Um, the, the the real genesis of it was, like, I wanted to write about Marcus Naslin, and I did not know what avenue to take. And Marcus Naslin was someone who I enjoyed watching play in the league, um, even more so um, having him on my team in, like, EA NHL. Like, every iteration of the game, like, you know, franchise modes or whatever, just find ways yeah. to trade f to get him onto my team. So... I'm like, okay, he played for the team for one year. Um, so we could talk about, you know, hey, just a look back of Marcus Naslin. And, you know, he's this, you know, really good player. And and then I'm thinking to myself, all right, well, he only played for one season. So then I went to Hockey Reference. And it's like, all right, let me go into the search query and say, how many other notable players spent just one season with the Rangers? So I, you know, load it and like, oh, there's one, there's another. Oh, wow. I didn't realize they were only there for a year and, and so on and so forth. So my idea was once upon a time in Rangerstown, looking at some of the more interesting players of, of, you know, Rangers history that only spent a season or less because there are a few that like they were a trade deadline acquisition or whatever. And they had, you know, whatever regular season game plus playoffs. So it was a good chunk. Um, and surprisingly, or not surprisingly, depending on how old you are, because obviously all we heard about, you know, when the Rangers were making their last run to the cup was like, oh, you're sacrificing draft picks for, you know, these players past their prime. This is like when they did so-and-so or traded for, you know, whoever. Um, so one of the more interesting things that for me, it's just sort of looking at it um, and it was connecting the dots that in a way, the Rangers getting Marcus Naslin sort of set them in motion um, for becoming the Stanley Cup contender that they were. Um, so basically the genesis of it was this. You have Yaramir Yager, who we all know was a really great Ranger. Um, the way that his contract worked, and that's the interesting thing, like, a lot of fans now, they understand things like of the salary cap era where there are all of these rules in place but pre-salary cap error you could pretty much do whatever the fuck you wanted um, yeah no rules it was a wild west yeah so yager had these clauses in his contracts like if he wins a, a major award or he gets x amount of points in a season that his contract 
extends for an additional year, which was very lucrative for him because he was making, I think it was about um, $11 million a year before the... Um, before the lockout, and then once they came out of the lockout, there was a salary rollback. Yeah, the rollback. Yeah. Yeah. So he misses in his 0506 season. He misses out on the Art Ross Trophy by two points. He misses out on the heart to Joe Thornton. Um, and then in his last year, he missed out on his point threshold. I think it was by like six points. So Yager becomes a free agent and. Pretty much, Glenn Sather got tired of waiting on Yager. Is he going to come back? Um, how long? How much? And he pretty much tells him, yeah, I have to move on. I, I can't wait any longer. And then a day later, he goes to the KHL, which kind of, you know, Sather's intuition was that there was this big offer from Russia that was on the way. Um, I remember that making me so sad at the time. Yeah, I remember exactly where I was. I was, um, it was it was july so i was at my best friend's grandparents house we were just literally sitting watching tv because we had just had like a wiffle ball tournament and then espn and it's about the bottom of the screen it's like yaramir yager will not resign with new york rangers and i'm like oh my god this is gonna be fucking awful um but yeah naslin comes in he has an uh, average below average season and he decides i'm going to retire um and he pretty much foregone the, the second year of his contract, which freed up you know $4 million for the Rangers. And it more, more so, it opened up a, um, a spot um, on the wing. And then this might be a stretch to say it was connected, but I like to think that because of the timing of the opening of the money, it ultimately leads to the Rangers at the draft. They trade Scott Gomez and his big contract, get for Ryan McDonough and others. Then they sign Marion Gabrick, and then obviously you can continue on. Gabrick does so-and-so. They trade him for Broussard, so on and so on and so on. But um, I thought it was cool, just sort of like a little history deep dive on some players that you might know the name, but, oh, I didn't know they were a Ranger. Oh, I know they were a Ranger, but I really don't remember what they did. Um, I would say, and you'll probably appreciate this too, Mike, like one of the most frustrating parts about working on this is so how hard it is to find old highlights. Like you go on YouTube, it is impossible to find stuff even from something like 2008, 2009. And it just really make, makes me mad that when the, uh, the NHL redid NHL um, Game Center, they got rid of the vault with all those old games and highlights. It's just so annoying well i know from uh you know from my when i worked for the nwhl this past season uh i know you know from helping to get some of their games up on youtube that the nhl doesn't play around with copyright strikes and i know that because uh the nhl claimed copyright on a video of an nwhl game that had nothing to do with the nhl so yeah i think that might be part of the reason why tom <laughs> Yeah, although there was actually one good soul that literally they're a Yaramir Yager highlight channel, and they had, like, all his goals from, I think it was 06, 07. They had um, some earlier highlights, but I'm like, all right, I want to find, like, some stuff on Marcus Naslin, and the extent of it was a shootout goal, and then there was one a post-game interview that he did on MSG after he scored two goals, versus the Tampa Bay Lightning and then the the game winner in the shootout. Um, 
So, like, I have a couple other players that um, two are recent. Some are from the 90s, uh, one from the 80s, and one from beyond. So I might have to rethink the format um, of, like, I'm pretty much saying, okay, the player, the who they were before, why they joined the Rangers, what they did while they were here, and why they left and all that. But, um, yeah, that's what I'm going to be working on. And um, I have a list going. Once the first story goes up, if you read it and you – um, you think of someone that fits the criteria, just leave a comment, but there's a good chance that some of the people you have on there, um, I have on my list, but I know we have a wide range of age of fans. So there might be someone that, um, I'm not going to pick up on by looking through, you know, a stat search on hockey reference, but, um, all, all thoughts, uh, are appreciated. It is fun. Do you have a, do you have a series name yet? Uh, once upon a time in Rangerstown. Okay, that's better than what I was going to pitch you. Um, it's fun. Like I'm a big fan. Um, as, as you might be able to tell from, you know, the the five greatest, you know, Rangers from X uh, series and other stuff that I've done. Like I on banter. If you ever are curious, you want to look back in the past. There's uh, a group we have on Blue Shirt Banners called Rangers Legends, and we also have. Uh, Rangers history where you can kind of go back and dig into uh, you know those players from yesteryear and I especially enjoy players of that era like specifically like guys like Nosland who you know this was long before I started writing about hockey and before hockey became work for me when hockey was just like this unadulterated passion and love of mine like I remember being like the only kid in any of my classes who gave a shit about hockey. And then growing up in New Jersey, if there was another kid who cared about hockey, they always cared about the devils. So, you know, but I would go home. I had a bunch of brothers uh, growing up. I have five brothers in a big Irish family. So I would go home, but I would have my brothers to kind of, you know, lose myself in, in Rangers hockey with. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, Nazan is such a fun examples to look at because he is part of you know that time and you know my life where like another guy who strikes me as a really interesting one-year guy actually should i not say some of these people tom save them for you we could talk about them offline all right yeah i don't want to spoil any fun things um <laughs> Thank but his you. name might rhyme with no I'm kidding um but no that that brings me to something i was gonna look at tom i think I only really came upon this when you and I were talking about this. It might have been from uh, someone who wrote in a question where the Rangers were essentially dog shit at face-offs uh, before the season was postponed, if you recall. And I wanted to really dig into all the research that's been done uh, between face-offs and their impact or lack thereof on, on you know, the shot share and possession and then you know look at the potentially why that might be a unique a unique obstacle for a team that's developing young centers because like might a coach see something like you know he has an 18 year old or in the case of like a filipino a 20 20 20 and a half year old a 21 year old um for next season where you have this kid who's really you know, shows a lot of potential, but, you know, he's like 46% or 48% on face-offs. 
And does that make the team want to go and sign, you know, the Brian Boyle archetype or, you know, whoever the hell, Xenon Kanapka, whatever you, whatever you want to fill in for a guy who did those intangibles and also won faceoffs. And it's kind of an interesting thing to me because the center position has become such a point of focus for this franchise. And, you know, it's, it's crazy to think because at this stage, Tom, regular season would have been over, right? So, yeah. You know, normally, let's say, in, let's say in, you know, the scenario where, you know, it would have been a wonderful thing that if it never happened, but COVID doesn't happen. And, uh, you know, the Rangers make the playoffs, don't make the playoffs. Let's say they don't make the playoffs. What would we be talking about right now? Well, specific- Brian Strom and D'Angelo and what those guys make. And we'd get into the Ryan Strom second line center versus Philip Heedle debate and all that. So there might be something I'm going to look into. I'm going to, you know, I want to do all the research and read a lot of good articles and, you know, look at some numbers myself, see if I can put something together and look specifically at young centers. And because it does seem, it's kind of an interesting thing. I've, I've noticed this only anecdotally. I haven't tested it that it's pretty rare for a young guy to come into the league as a rookie and kick ass at faceoffs, it feels like a skill that's kind of honed and developed. And if you ask hockey players, they'll tell you faceoffs mean everything. Um, but that may not be the case. I mean, I can kind of believe that because I would say at the other levels that it's harder to cheat on faceoffs. Where at the NHL, like obviously they do legislate it, but if you're really good. Like, you're a Patrice Bergeron, right? You're a Sidney Crosby. Like, you've learned now, like, okay, you're, you're not, it doesn't matter. You're not really looking at the guy stick or whatever. It's, you're not looking to get the puck first. It's, it's the minute they move, you're going to just try and you'll lift their stick or you're going to, you know, like turn your, your, your butt into their chest and box them out and then just take the puck. Whereas, like, you're a kid, you know, it's like, okay, this is what I've always done. But, oh, it's a completely different uh, thing at the NHL level. It's a lot more rougher and tougher, and you got to be quicker. It's like going up against the Elite Four before you're ready, Tom. Yes, exactly. Which I made that mistake in the most brutal way when I was a kid the first time I played Pokemon. And it was, oh, I'm not ready. <laughs> I was like, oh. Also, I did the, I'll, I'll never forget this. I think I taught Charizard Fly because I didn't understand that I couldn't like with the HMs back then before you could mm-hmm. remove them and everything. I yeah. think Pokemon has gotten you know got rid of that system, but yeah, and the Switch, it's like literally it's whatever your starter is, like they have all of these um like if you want to fly, it's like, "Oh, here's a basket with balloons." And oh, it's that was something that took me getting used to. Um I did um what was it? Um uh Pokemon uh, Let's Play Pokemon EV or whatever. Um Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, completely different dynamic. Like, I mean, it's kind of, you know, stays true to the overall story, but, um, you know, sort of different Im- implementations here and there. Still, I'm waiting for the next Pokemon title needs a the beginning of the game. Do you want your handheld and do you want to see all the story stuff or just play? Just give me that option. Just let me feel like I'm not an eight year old. Just I don't need that. the mythology. Just give me the, let me play the damn game. Let me catch them and say, "Oh, they made a uh, they made a Pokemon that's a garbage bag now." <laughs> <laughs> I 
I remember that the most recent game I played. I was like, oh, making garbage bags. That's literally the bottom of the barrel in terms of ideas. Uh, okay. It's like, well, what if we like had a Pokemon that was like Pikachu, but we're gonna make them a different color, and it's not gonna know any electric moves. It's like the number of Pikachu derivatives is insane. Like, I I understand it from the marketing standpoint, but it's fucking insane. How many, just like, oh yeah, this is a water Pikachu, this one. This one's a ghost Pikachu. What about this guy? Uh, now it's a, whatever, like the Plusle and whatever the hell it was called. Yeah. Like, no, these are also electric Pikachu-looking things, but guess what? They're not the same. Uh, but they all look like it, so we can sell more dolls. Yeah, it's just ripping off Eevee, because, like, that was Eevee's whole thing. Like, okay... We have Eevee, who's a normal Pokemon, but if you use this stone, they can be water, they can be fire, they can be electric, and then, like, obviously, it goes on, oh, it can be dark, it can be psychic, you can be all these different things. I don't know how we got into Pokemon, Tom, but here we are. Well, I remember, like, you know, face-offs, you know, your young, your young player who's Learn to face off your own light, and now you're going against Sidney Crosby and Paris Bergeron before you're ready, and it's like your kid going up against Elite Four with a uh, like a level thirty Pokemon as your your number two. Not gonna yeah. get you done. And you just you know who did, who was the first guy in the Elite Four? Was that Dragon was last? Ghost was uh, no. So it's um. There's, let's see. So. Lance is last. Lance then, is dragon last, yeah. Um, Agatha is third. She's the ghost. Um, it's Ice. What? Koga is the fighting. And then the first one. Um, Was that Ice? Someone had a... Ice. Ice. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm, look, I'm looking this up. Don't worry yeah, about I it. I need to know, otherwise I'll cry. Okay, so let's see. So, oh... So you're partially right. So Lorelai is first. She is ice and water. So she's got um, Dugon, Cloyster, um, Jinx, uh, Lapras. Um, I knew there was an ice because yep. I remember, yeah, because there was Jinx and like that was the, one of the reasons I got destroyed the first time I went mm-hmm. because I had a lot of grass type and I was like, oh, I'm not ready. Yeah. And then it's Bruno who's the fighting, two Onyxes, a Hitmon, Chan, uh... Yeah, I'm a champ, a Hitmonlee, and then Agatha, two Gengars, a Haunter, a Zubat, and an Arbok, and then Lance, Gyarados, a Dratini, a Dragonair, Dragonair, Aerodactyl, and then a Dragonite. All I really remember from fighting uh, the ghost type uh, Elite Four member was they have two Gengars, which means they have two more friends than I do, because no one will trade me to, to get a Gengar. You know, that's a good point. Like, all of those Pokemon that you needed to have someone with, like, a link cable, like, oh, I want to get this, or, or if you wanted to, um, what was it? You had a, um, a, uh, shit, a Graveler to get a Golem. That's right, and then it would choke Machamp, and then... Yeah. I forget the other. There might have been one more. A lot of assumptions that people making these video games that, like, you play Pokemon, you have a lot of friends. It's quite the opposite, I found to be true. <laughs> Yeah, like, seriously, because, like, even, like, all of these games that come out now, like, like, we're going on a little bit of a, a rant here, but, like, a focus on multiplayer, but, like, what if about the people, like, I just want to play by myself, like, I don't want to have to play with other people, 
Like, well, last time we talked, we talked about Animal Crossing, and Animal Crossing is one of those games where you you can't get everything you need for your little island unless you go visit other people. Yeah, and that to me, I was like, well, I have friends who have Switch. By the way, you and I still aren't friends on Switch. That yeah, I, I'm gonna remedied. have to. I'm gonna have to remedy that. I was um, there's. A, there's a couple people on my timeline who are playing Animal Crossing, and I'm saying to myself, like, this is, like, inducing a lot of anxiety. This is a lot of work. <laughs> I can't fucking do this. Like, Yeah, it's it's a daily routine. You gotta shake all the goddamn trees. You gotta fucking dig up fossils every day. And I'm, all I can think about is, like, when this quarantine is over, I'm gonna go get, you know, I have to go get my freelance work and, you know, get back on my job hunt, you know, back when jobs are a thing. What you just guess, des- right now my job is Animal Crossing, I guess. What you just described in Animal Crossing is like Thanos after uh, the what was it? Uh, not Endgame. What was the one before Endgame? Um, shit! Like F- when he's pretty Infinity much War. Infinity War. It's like Thanos after Infinity War. I'm gonna wake up in the morning. I'm gonna go out in the field and I'm gonna get my things. I'm gonna bring them back to my cabin and, and prepare a meal. That that's that's. Yeah. Yeah, he picks those weird football fruits, and he's got his all burnt-up hand. And then Thor cuts his head off, and he's like, I aimed for the head this time. And I was like, he seemed to be like, you know, just a farmer at this point. Like, what's the... It's just just revenge. That's not very superhero-y of you, Thor. And then, of course, he finds solace in food and mead, and he gains a lot of weight. just uh, Just like I have during quarantine. Yeah, I guess what, you know... It, it is what it is. Like, the thing for me is, like, and I, I don't even know if what I want to do, like, once uh, my barbershop opens back up, because I got my last haircut and sort of, like, um, clean-up shave um, two weeks before Christmas. Um, so that was the last time I had anything cut. So I'm pretty much just letting it go for right now. Like it, Buzz it I, all off, Tom. See, like, I don't live, know. Live wild like I do. I have thought about shaving my head at one point I, it is something that's going to happen in my lifetime I just don't know when in my life it's going to be do you have the thinning hair in your mother's side of the family um no I don't actually oh you might be fine then. yeah like I mean I I thought it would be cool like in a sense of like and I know like I get different reactions because I know friends who are bald that like they're like why the fuck would you want to go bald like I hate being bald and then I have friends who are like oh that's pretty awesome like I love being bald so it's like I started as I hate being bald I now love being bald because it's no maintenance it's I bick my head in the shower like twice every three weeks or two times every three weeks so like week and a half you know um, no, that's not true. It's the other way around. It's three times every two weeks. So, you know, every like four days or whatever. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I just... You pull it off well. Yeah, but a lot of people say you need the right shaped head. My opinion is you just need to be comfortable with it. And the thing, the big thing to me is just, I don't have to, there's nothing worse to me than going to like super cuts and having to have a conversation with you know, a you know a hairstylist who is talking to me about anything she wants to, and you're just you're just beholden to them. You're trapped. They have scissors. You're not going anywhere. It's like it, it's right up there with. It's not quite as bad as the dentist chair to me, but it's pretty bad. 
See, being like, I love my barber. Um, her name's Courtney. Um, she's shout out to Courtney. Yeah. So like, she um worked at one spot. Um, and then literally she moved to another spot and I, I moved barbershops because like literally the way, what it was is when I moved up here, I the first thing is like, I got to find a barbershop. Um, cause the place I had gone to when I was growing up, um, you know, it was a bunch of, um, it was, uh, all Italians and one of them name was Mike. And then before him, his name was Dominic and it was his store and, you know, they were great. Um, but like, I can't like drive, you know, an hour there and an hour back you know to get a haircut um so like the barbershop was busy and her chair was open and she kept saying to people like oh anyone want to get their haircut and like five people were like no i'm waiting for so-and-so and then i eventually was like all right i'll just get my haircut and it worked out great and you know every time i go it's you know we just sort of catch up and you know talk you know shoot the shit and you know it's a nice little experience um but, um, you- it sounds like socializing and, and interacting with other humans, which, as far as I'm aware in my life experience, has been very negative. So, but but the main point is you pull it off well, especially with the suit. Like I made the joke the one day. What I think what was it? you were um, going down to the stock exchange for uh, the ringing of the bell, and like you you totally looked like Obadiah Stone. It was great. Oh, yeah, I remember showing my girlfriend that like text you sent. And she's like, "Who the hell is that?" And I. I was like, oh, it's uh, the the bad guy from the first Iron Man movie. And she's like, I don't watch superhero movies. And I had to explain, hey, it's Jeff Bridges. Just... Tony Stark does this in a cave with scraps. With a box of scraps. <laughs> um, which I yell at my friends all the time. When you said that, board games. I was just fucking dying. Like, that is literally one of the funniest things that I've ever seen. <laughs> Oh, speaking of which, like you said, you've been watching movies. Have you watched Uncut Gems yet? Yes, I have. That movie, I will say this, it was brilliant, but it made me anxious the whole time. Like, I was uncomfortably anxious. I was just like, ah. The whole movie. And it also proved to me why I will never become someone who gambles with any sort of regularity. Okay. So now now I can explain to you the memes that I'm texting back and forth with my brother. So... I'm going to say this, like, without um, giving away, like, any, like, major plot points or for people who haven't seen it. So, you know, towards the end of the movie, when Adam Sandler is watching the basketball game, he's sitting or he's standing inside the shop. And then there's the people um, in between the security door sitting on the floor. So he has his sort of hands holding together and he's sort of like smiling. And then there's the other guy, Arno. He's just sort of sitting there with like this look on his face. Yeah. Like he's really pissed. So basically I have a side by side of Adam Sandler and his character. Um, so the first one, Adam Sandler is my brother. It's like, um, you know, how you are um, when you owe me money. And then how I am, and I'll, I'll send this to you afterwards, but like, it's a lot, it's, it's pretty hilarious because the, the dynamics of that movie, um, where he's just sort of running around where he owes a lot of people money and he's still buying shit. Like that is my brother to a T. Like I love my brother <laughs> to death and like I've, I've extended him Oh, he calls me the bank of Tom and it, it just works out perfectly. Um, but like it was something the other day, he's like, he got something for his car. I'm like, how did you buy that? I thought you didn't have any money. And then it's like, and I just keep saying, I said, you can't go running around town with my money, Howard. 
I love it. So yeah, um, we're at fifty-four minutes. Um, we're just are we? Yeah. Yeah, because we started rambling about pop culture and, and things of that nature, which I guess, you know, it, people might find this entertaining um, because really there's not much stuff to talk about. Um, Have you seen Jojo Rabbit? Yes. Oh, my. I, I, I cr- fucking love that movie. I cried watching that movie. And yeah, I made brilliant. the mis- I made the mistake of watching it before going to bed. Um, and I kind of had this feeling in my gut like something was going to happen. And then, obviously, the scene, and it, all you see is the shoes, and I'm like, oh, my God. Ah, Tom. I lost it. <laughs> yeah, that shredded me to pieces. Yeah. Especially because it's, you know, it's a dark comedy, and then that moment happens, and you're like, oh. The, here it is. Now. Yeah. Like, like here, here's the slap in the face. Holy hell. Yeah. It was fantastic, though. Like, I also am, I love the kid Yorkie with all my heart. <laughs> um, I want to find that kid and just tell him he's not allowed to grow up. He has to stay exactly as he is. He can't He can't change. He has to be this little, adorable, chubby little 11-year-old who just, <laughs> just doesn't change in any way, shape, or form. I can't. I'm so glad we captured that kid on film because it's like... It's like a unicorn suddenly showing up in a like in a herd of wild horses. It's like, oh my god, it's perfect. I yeah, I mean, kid. yeah, I mean, there were just so many great performances in that. Like um, Sam Rockwell, as always, great. Sam Rockwell is my top five, Tom. Yeah, easy in my top five. What I thought was very um, interesting, and it just caught me off guard, is is being like a wow. Um, Stephen Merchant is someone who you see all the time as someone who's like comedic. But him, you know, playing like, you know, like a head. He was, get- yeah, he was really, really effectively creepy as the, uh, the menacing officer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I and was, I also always forget he's like seven feet tall. Um, but he was so effective in his little cameo in that movie. And I was like, God damn, that's creepy. Because I remember him from Logan. Um, right. When he's, uh, God damn it. I forget the name of the mutant, but he's, you know, an albino mutant who can't be in the sun. And he kind of, you know, he has a kind of a creepy air to him, not because he's albino, but because he has this ability to, like, track down other mutants and stuff. Anyway, it's a long story. Yeah. Point being, he was just so unsettling. I was like, oh, wow. Reminding me of, like, Christoph uh, Waltz and yes. Bastards, almost. That kind of weird energy where you're like, ah, that's really good in a horrible way. Yeah. yeah, and I think what kind of what made it that way is like obviously he his entrance it starts off like comedic with all him and all of the other officers coming in. It's like oh, all the Hiles and all of that stuff, and it's it, they're trying like camping it up like okay, here's one, here's two, here's three, here's four, and then he just like he turns like the flip of a switch, and it's just uh, it's just amazing performance. Um, any other movies that you've seen? What else did I see? Um, I saw Three Billboards. That um, I I want to see. I have not seen which that Which is really good, but heavy. Very, very heavy. Yeah, I've heard um, that. And, uh, damn, what else did I see? Because I watched Uncut Gems, like I said, was really strong. Mm-hmm. And uh, I watched Disney's Tangled, which I never saw. <laughs> I've never seen that. Um I gotta say, it was pleasant. I've also watched Moana 
at least twice in the past week and a half. What I can I it. say except it just, you're welcome? It just happy. Yeah, I just I love Dwayne the Rock Johnsons. Just everything about him. And the the song "You're Welcome." Yeah, I like it. it makes me happy, Tom. Yeah, my my nephew loves that song. Like he'll sing it all the time, because um, he that's one of his favorite movies. But yeah, I have a list, like um, Hustlers. I want to watch. I want to watch Bombshell. Um, I have a list of movies. Like I have them. Um, somewhere that i just need to get around to actually watching them i want to watch onward now that it's on disney plus um the newest pixar movie that was oh yeah yeah um so yeah maybe i'll do that i'll watch or here's an idea we'll each try and watch a few movies and we can even sort of coordinate this offline and then we can talk about it on the next podcast because we can you know hockey movies oh we could do that too we could we'll we'll do something like that. It'll be we fun. Can talk about Mike Myers as the love guru. Yeah, I I actually want to rewatch that. Like I have not seen it in the I longest time from a distance, so I don't breathe in any of the fumes. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting like jokes in that movie. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, oh my god. Um, so yeah, I think that's the show. Um. Thank you, as always, to uh, all of our supporters. Um, I'm going to read off the list of our patrons. Um, obviously, um, we've made this announcement before, um, but we had pa- we're paused the uh, the Patreon while hockey is on pause. Um, no one should have been charged for April, um, but in the event that you were, um, for some strange reason, let me know, and then I can take that up with Patreon. But based on everything that I did, it should be paused, and then I'm going to, you know, do the same for me as well. Um, but the list of names I have, Adam Nahoek, Aiden Gaspar, Amriel Kistner, Andre Shikagov, Andy White, Anthony McHale, Anthony Viola, Arch Williams, Beezer, Ben Pierney, Bjarner Osterheim, Bob Kawa, Bobby Callahan, Captain America, Chris Abibi, Chris Lucas, Chris Marco Trigiano, Clark Carroll, Craig Lachlan, Daniel Jazen, David L. Singer, Enver Leeson, Eric Cohen, Eric Carlson, Francie Lawrence, Frank Menino, George Lippman, Goth Tom 2020, Igor Zavlosky, James Dengels, Jamie Bussell, Jeff Owen, Jermaine Francis, John Prinzipelski, John Reppy, Jordan Sassone, Justin Walsh, Keith Franchillo, Kevin Mead, Cushtastic, Kyle Napolitano, uh, Matt Bader, Matthias Olson, Michael Alsante, Michael Kanick, Michael Marcus, Michael Silvers, Nikolai Hoffman, Panarin2020, Patrick Landholt, Perennial Powerhouse, Russ Vent, Sammy Vogel Seidenberg, Sean, Stieg Bielbach, Stink Fleeman, Tall Guy Rob, The Ninja's Ninja, The Tin Man, Tori from Manhattan, and Trevor Kempner. Thank you to all those Patreons. Uh, we appreciate your support, um, and we'll you know we'll continue to appreciate your support um, once the uh, the Patreon goes online um, again. But yeah, you know, thank you for everyone for listening. Um, know the beginning of this show was a little more serious, a little more you know heavier topics. Um, but we you know as we said, stuff we felt um, addressing. Um, but we're thankful for your support. Everyone reading the site. Everyone tweeting at us and all that fun stuff. I know this is a tough time, um, but, you know, we're going to get through it together. And uh, Stay just, safe, be yeah. smart, wash your hands, practice social distancing, and, uh, you know, put the health and safety of the people you care about, make it a priority, check, check in on people, and remember to take care of yourselves. All the things that Mike said, and uh, we will be back next week. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.